Welcome to Beyond Bitcoin, a podcast about all things digital assets, the global communities they are creating, the generations that are using and investing in them, and the challenges faced by the nations that are seeking to regulate them. The content of this program is not to be taken as investment advice. My name is Derek Graham. I'm the CEO of Portal Asset Management, and my co-host is Nitin Gower, CTO of Portal. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome along to another episode of Beyond Bitcoin. And of course, like normal, I have my friend and co-host with me today, Nitin Gower. Good morning, Nitin. Hey, Derek. Good evening to you. I'm from, from Austin, Texas today, not traveling. And it's good to do the show from our homes for a change in the past few weeks. So really good to be here. Good to have a little bit of a studio set up, so to speak, with a nice microphone. Sure. Makes it better for all the others. And of course, we have a guest with us today too. But before we get to the guest, I just want to sort of set a bit of a scene like we normally do. You know, people often look at this industry or listen to this industry. If they don't understand it, they hear the world's cryptocurrency. And although there are cryptocurrencies in this massive landscape of digital assets and businesses, they're just a part of it. This industry is really replicating, but improving or certainly adding to in business models that are impossible to do in the physical world in a manner of which it has to be two miles wide. And at the moment, maybe it's young, maybe it's two miles wide and two feet deep. But the point is that when you come to this space, you need to look at it in its totality. And that's why it's very, very important for us to be able to get uh, guests on board and a perspective of this industry, which is broad. And today I'm delighted to say, we've got Niraj Satej with us and Niraj is involved with a number of technology industries over a number of years. So Niraj has been in the tech industry for nearly 20 years. And he's been in roles from developer right through to CTO and virtually everything in between. He's gravitated towards startups, we like that, and has been involved with five startups and verticals such as FinTech, crypto and telecom. His biggest success so far is co-founding the telecom startup in the wonderful country, our neighbor, New Zealand. And uh, it became a unicorn over an eight year period of time. So, you know, in 2019, he was honored uh, to be selected the top 15 technology professionals in the USA by CompTIA, uh, which is the largest global IT association. And then he was elected co-chairperson of CompTIA's Blockchain Advisory Council. Excellent. This work with CompTIA Blockchain Advisory Councils entailed leading fellow council members to define the best practices for blockchain implementation. Um, but you've also worked with organizations like Edge 196, DataTel Solutions, here it is, Nitin, IBM, and HP EDS. <laughs> um, so really a broad field wrapped around communication, wrapped around technology, and now we find you here. Welcome aboard, and thanks very much for joining us, Narish. Thanks for having me, Derek and Nitin. Appreciate it. So, so Derek, before we bring you know, Neeraj on, a quick disclaimer, the views are mine and I take ownership of these views. Today, we decided not to focus on the contagion as we have discussed in the past, contagion of yes. incompetence and, and bear market woes that has led to consolidation, surfaced inefficiency due to opacity and some would say a new dog playing the old trick. 
But today we should focus on metaverse and its business imperatives. We have an amazing builder, a good friend who is working on some fascinating projects. We'll get to that in a minute. But I'd like to share a narrative because it's important to sort of understand what, what is the context of why we're bringing Neeraj in and share his vision, what he's building. And as we know, term metaverse originated in science fiction novel Snow Crash by Neil Stephenson, who, by the way, we got to meet uh, at Consensus 2022. He was on the main stage. He talked about his story. And this is a term he coined in 1992. So imagine that, mm -hmm. something he envisioned in 92, which none of this was really there. And when broken down, uh, it's meta and universe. While, and while there are so many narratives around metaverse, uh, Web 3.0, which is hailed as set of technologies powering evolution of metaverse, blockchain and DLT happens to be one of those technologies. And most conversation around metaverse, when it comes to discussing creator-led economy, which is essentially a Web 3.0 narrative, is around art, VR, AR, and content, which I think are modalities. And in, at least in my vantage point, and I've written quite extensively about this, is the true sense of, is the ability to merge the value systems. The ability for me to transfer in, from one universe to another universe of our choice that has the devices to value the asset that's earned in one universe when I spend that, universe, that value in a different universe, all right? So this unique inter-universe exchange requires a lot of bridging. And we will discuss what those bridges are in today's episode. But again, uh, let's discuss, you know, let's welcome my good friend and co-founder of Lucrisma, and Neeraj Satija, a well-traveled and resident of India and New Zealand, now building in the US, an amazing career, a journey you know, which, which you've described early on. So Neeraj, welcome officially to our show and tell us about your journey and how you came up with this concept and what you're trying to solve after having navigated the entire world of telco and IT, <laughs> uh, you know, and of course, an, an, an IBM alum, uh, welcome. Thanks, thanks. So, um, <clears throat> All the years that I was, uh, um, you know, a builder and coder, and I used to, uh, you know, work on these exciting projects, um, predominantly focused on the telecom segment. I used to think there is no industry that's, you know, that comes close to the the disruption and the scale of change and the pace of change that the telecommunications world does. Mm. Uh, I mean, in my nearly twenty years. Uh, focusing on the telecom, we went from 2G to 5G. We went from all these, um, you know, brick-like phones to now having these fancy phones and all the uh, OTT applications we get, um, streaming videos, etc. Right. So I used to think that this is it, right? And as a as a technologist, I enjoyed the change. I enjoyed innovating, right? That's what drives me. As luck would have it, I just chanced to do a little project on blockchain, and um, I got familiar with uh, what was going on back in 2018, 2019, and I was completely transformed. I was like, in comparison, telecom and all these other conventional verticals are... Um, uh, they move at a snail's pace, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, because I'm a technologist by, by training and profession, and... Um, uh, what drives me is disruptive innovation. I decided to switch path and, and you know, just devote my life to, um, to the pursuit of uh, doing something um, not just disruptive, but also uh, something where we can build communities and benefit 
wider communities with the help of these uh, wonderful technologies that we call blockchain and crypto and digital assets. Um, also, <clears throat> there's a little anecdote I'd like to share, which uh, was the reason or the genesis of Luprisma. Uh, my, I got two kids, uh, both teenagers now, and I wanted to get them into the, the investment into Bitcoin and other digital assets. Uh, so last year, I looked around to see what can be done to get them into the, you know, the discipline of, of investment, uh, regular investment, and, and especially into digital assets. And I could not find anything that was conducive for a, for a young adult, right? I mean, there, were, there were some companies like the Coinbases of this world that were, were doing this learn-to-earn type functionality, but was still overwhelming for, for a new person. You know, try teaching the, the concepts of staking and, and uh, MetaMask or Web3 to a 13-year-old who's, who's got no idea. And doing that with archaic educational models, you know, explainer videos, PDFs, et cetera. I remember sitting down with my kids and like in 10 minutes, they're you know, eyes were rolling up. They were just completely uh, focused out. That's when I, I, I thought about metaverse and using metaverse for the immersiveness and the interactiveness that it brings to educate my kids and other people that are new to the industry with three-dimensional lifelike models. And that learning you know, is through touching. That learning is by being inside of that world. So I looked at Metaverse and I was blown away by the possibilities of it and, and hence Lucrisma. So Lucrisma was born with the purpose of um, providing a digital identity which has the financial metadata. So something that takes care of the KYC AML the uh, KYT and all the other regulatory obligations of, uh, of the region that the customer belongs to and building all these, all these financial products, uh, the likes of deposits and loans and mortgages on top of this foundational layer, which would allow that unique identity would allow us to have the customer bridge assets from their real world into different metaverses mm. and, and their wallets, right? Mm. That's, really the uh the mission of lucrisma got it so this is this is fascinating right one is it's refreshing to hear you talk about transparency and you talk about kyc and know your transactions which is you're having a regulated mindset obviously you come from the industry from that perspective so that's refreshing second thing i think what you said which was such an important part is identity um one part the ability for me to be able to bridge these various universes the various various value systems Today is still struggling between the vulnerabilities that we see with bridging protocols and the hash time lock type, you know, very clunky way to move an asset. And I think identity becomes one single thread that if I'm able to be identified in different universes, I can carry my assets like I'm carrying in my wallet, so to speak. So that's a very profound concept, which I think is the hardest problem to solve because how do you not just verify, but but look into saying that you are who you claim you are. And, and so I think, uh, uh, Perhaps we double click on that is how do we solve that? I also think that when you can solve the identity problem, you sort of open up that bridging and the window to the rest of the universe. Uh, 
that mm-hmm. suddenly now Lucrisma mm-hmm. becomes a gateway to metaverse that can come to Lucrisma and that can, that can be the portal, uh, no pun intended, Dirk. It can be the portal mm-hmm. to, to various other universes in, in the ecosystem. So, so double click on that thinking because, and then also monetization. I mean, uh, if you're providing entity, there's a whole element of responsibility that goes with it. You, next thing you know, you're doing KYC, AML and all the things that the crypto industry trying to get away from, but there's an efficient way of doing this. Help us understand that as to how Lucrisma is trying to do that from that perspective. And I'll sure. pause. I have one really interesting question given your background, which had just occurred to me while you were describing it, but I'll, I'll save the best for the last. But okay. for, back right. to you. Sure. So uh, the first part of your question. Um, so we are still very early with the metaverse, right? All these studies by the likes of Goldman Sachs and City are predicting metaverse to be a $13 trillion economy or, or mm. something in that vicinity so by, by the year 2030, eight years out, right? And uh, there's also some studies that say, um, you know, uh, a large part of the global population would be utilizing um, the metaverse in some shape or form. So when we were thinking about how to uh, place our products and, and, and services inside of the metaverse, we were constantly plagued with this challenge of which metaverse, right? It's so early on, we don't know which metaverse is gonna take off, right? So we wanted to be metaverse agnostic. We wanted to be compliant. And hence, even though we are a startup, we uh, we signed up uh, a crypto lawyer to, to become a part of our, uh, of our team to help us navigate through the compliance regulations of each uh, region. And like you, you guys know, uh, some regions are more evolved with the clarity that they bring to the regulatory landscape. Uh, some aren't, right? So you operate in gray, but we wanted to take the uh, letter of the law in the, in the spirit and, and align with that. Uh, so with that thought process, we started uh, designing and architecting the solution. And since we wanted to uh, be metaverse agnostic, like I just said, we don't know which one's going to be successful. And we are not going to build a platform for one metaverse just because it's, it's you know, achieved a lot of popularity now, only to find it's run out of steam in a few years and some somebody else has taken off, right? Our vision was to build this foundational layer on top of the identity solution, which would allow us to have this, this, this customer bring their assets from wherever they belong. The asset could be in the real world, for example, your car. If we can somehow value it and, and somehow uh, ensure that the title is yours, uh, we would allow for that asset to be added as, uh, as, as an asset to your portfolio. And then likewise to your digital wallet, you may have a Bitcoin, you may have a few ethers, et cetera. So creating this virtual portfolio and then leveraging that. So your car and your Bitcoin can be leveraged to take loan um, to maybe buy, uh, to get mortgage on a parcel of land in, in Decentraland. And then once that's paid off, you can then use your Bitcoin and your car and your parcel of land to take a loan to buy an NFT, right? So the idea was to create that aggregated virtual portfolio and allow people to carry assets or bridge assets from one world to the other. 
You also touched on this very important point about valuation of NFTs. And while that is also early days, um, there are certain attributes that uh, the rarity attributes and, and um, uh, there are certain attributes that help us define the, the range of, of that NFT's valuation and, and allow that to be used as any other collateral like Bitcoin, et cetera, to, you know, to assess its value within that range. And, and uh, we also thought about the volatility of the market. I mean, we are, we are probably suffering the, the worst um, of this cycle's bear market at the moment. So the volatility uh, needed to be catered to. And we, we thought about um, how we can, especially for some of these NFTs that are so you know, volatile, what, what can be done to make sure that even in that volatility, we are able to provide the customers with the ability for them to monetize it and leverage that asset within you know, our business's risk paradigm and managing the risk effectively. So that was a big challenge. And um, uh, a lot of the thought process over the last few months has gone into um, managing the risk, keeping the volatility in mind, managing the, uh, managing the, uh, the assets that belong to different world. And uh, basically the guiding principle has been longer the, the duration that this customer has been with us, the more trust we, we have in that person, especially if he's had a good payment history, the, long, the, the higher the, the value of the, the portfolio, the virtual portfolio, the more we, uh, we trust this guy. So in that sense, we borrowed from the traditional finance, right? We, we borrowed from the banks and, and other financial institutions to reward people for good payment history, to reward people for the length of the time they are with us, right? Uh, so without getting into the technical details, the idea was to be fair, was to be transparent and to have provenance of, uh, of, of these assets. Wow. Hey, you had a, a question, Nitin, but I've got one too. Do you want to go first? You, you, you seem very keen to get that one out. I, I, will, I, I will let you go. Uh, okay. Go for it, Derek. Narish, this is absolutely fascinating because you're traveling across so many different asset spaces here. And, and you know, the issue there is, you know, you, you're talking about zero knowledge proof as being part of all of yep. this and creating something around that. Yep. Am I right to assume that the zero knowledge proof might also assume some of your credit rating as you start building your ability to do business in the space? Yeah, um, you're absolutely, okay. absolutely right on the money there. There's also, um, so in addition to the, uh, the ZK, uh, the zero knowledge proofs and all that, we also wanted to bring the personality, right? So yes. uh, I, I, I have, uh, there's, there's some fantastic work being done by some companies on the decentralized identity piece. And we wanted to leverage some of that work and bring the personality of the individual, whether it's you know, through their liveness or an NFT they may have or their location, whatever, right? Yeah. Bring that element into it and allow that to be their passport uh, with, you know, with access to all their assets, but more importantly, have the control with them on which 
part of their data they would like to share with uh, with our platform and and control the other right so all the good principles of uh, identity and access management uh, we try to imbibe that in a decentralized fashion so the formula here lvr how do you how do you run that across this is loan value rep, uh, rate repayment you know how do you run this across yeah so i was alluding to this uh, uh, this um, in my comment earlier, so some assets are riskier than others. Mm. So in our um, in our risk uh, model, what we have done is we have categorized different kinds of assets and assigned them with a risk profile. Likewise, we have categorized all our customers and assigned them a, a risk profile. And uh, based on a combination of the customer's risk profile and the risk profile of their assets, and all those other attributes I spoke about earlier, which is the length of their relationship with us, the total value of their assets, the nature of their assets, we come up with an LVR or, or a, a ratio by which we decide, okay, this guy is good for say 50% of um, you know, valuation of their, of their asset to be given as loan. And again, it varies from product to product. So we are bringing a suite of different products um, some of which are going to be more risky. Um, uh, for example, we, we would allow for our customers to take a mortgage uh, to get a parcel of land in some of these metaverses. And like we know, especially in this market, NFTs are volatile. Uh, crypto uh, is so volatile, right? So, uh, so, so it's also product specific. Uh, but the L LVR, um, and the LTV is just one measure of some of the other things we keep in mind um, while giving out some of these uh, uh, loans and, and mortgages to different customers. Mm, Nero, I'm really sorry, but um, getting a lawyer early on, it's not a very good <laughs> sign of innovation. <laughs> you, you, you try to get a lawyer before you get your business idea out. I, I, oh, I, I really question that. I'm, I'm just, uh, of course, I'm just kidding. And, and also, you're stating that crypto is volatile. I question that judgment as well. What are you I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but, but, but here's an interesting part, right? Uh, switching back to some recent, uh, you know, in, in all this crypto winter and all the downturns that we have seen, one thing has not stopped is the investment to metaverse, right? We had mm -hmm. NFT, NYC NFT, as you know, immediately after consensus, a massive energy. In fact, even many of the reporting entities like the Coindesk and Cointelegraph did mention this, that it doesn't feel like it's winter mm -hmm. during that event, right? And suddenly yeah. you have amazing projects being announced, the most notable one, which is where I'm zeroing in on, based on all your past ex expertise, is the SMS and Saga. Yeah. So. The what's interesting and, and for the audience, uh, SMS again is Solana mobile services and Saga is their mobile device. And the whole idea is to be able to uh, sort of have the access to metaverse from a device perspective. We use all the devices. We suddenly pretty much most of the stuff that we do with device. So why don't you have a metaverse aware device, which deals with some of the internal elements of secure element and encrypted data accessing between secure element and this sort of uh, trusted encryption environment that you have built into the device to take care of all the cryptography and all the processing and all the key management that sort of provides that volunteering structure, the identity element that you talk about, which gives us the access to, to metaverse. 
And I found, and I'm reading more and more about it, not only in terms of go-to-market, but also in terms of how this all fit in the entire narrative of the complexity of volatility structures. What is the whole element of Web 3.0? Is it only to only fuel Solana, which is the case in the first go? And the people who are building it too are quite amazing. Uh, these are folks who have given their shot at early days of mobile devices, the failed projects that you may have heard of with Amazon Fire. If you remember, Amazon came with yeah. their own phone structures and everything else, and Facebook came with their own. These are the same people who actually have failed in those initiatives, which to me, I find it comforting that they know mm. what doesn't work. They know the failures mm. from these mega entities, and suddenly they're going in this decentralized world. Of course, Solana is not exactly decentralized at the moment. And I would like to pick your brain on that is you're looking at this from identity entering and navigating through this various metaverses, keeping their mind open while you've lawyered up up front, that, that <laughs> aside, um, how do you see yourself like, uh, and I, I can see cell phone as modality, but there's also a lot of meat behind the SMS and Saga project that they're trying to build, which will hopefully make your life easier, make the onboarding easier for you onto what you're trying to sort of provide as a gateway. So if you can unpack that a little bit, I think it'd be great. So at the outset, we envisioned uh, Loprisma to be uh, a gateway into the different uh, metaverses. And, and, and I, I've always envisioned metaverses. For some reason, I've always envisioned the metaverses on one side and the real world, the digital, the current digital world on one side, right? And, and um, Lucrisma kind of connecting all these different worlds uh, through its identity piece. And um, when I read about the SMS, I was um, intrigued by that. So I did do some digging and, and you're absolutely right. Their, uh, their uh, method of utilizing the identity to then allow the, the, the customer's identity to be securely uh, written on their mobile device and obviously, since the mobile device is powered uh, on or, or utilizes the Solana blockchain, there is all the benefits of that uh, permanence that comes with the blockchain. So leveraging that from the device to then access um, you know, these uh, traditional telecom services. Um, now, it seems like a logical extension. I was like, why didn't people think of that sooner, right? And I'm, I'm also like, which other industries are, are uh, you know, now ripe for disruption just because of this thought process. And yes, to your point, Nathan, uh, the identity piece um, is, uh, is, is almost a prerequisite to enabling that. And uh, one of our, um, our focus areas now is while we build this identity piece, we wanna build it in a way that it's interoperable. So uh, people in the web 2.0 are, are very familiar with using their Google credentials to log in into systems or their Facebook credentials and whatnot. Yep. Likewise, in the decentralized world, can we get to the same stage where the Christmas identity becomes that uh, similar uh, to yep. Google and allows for this exchange of uh, secure um, you know, passes uh, to, to interact and do the interoperability with other platforms. Yeah, and what's amazing to me is, right, if you look at the projects like, for example, Helium, Helium is trying to do the Loria yep. Man, which is decentralized the entire networking for the devices to work on. And that way you are actually monetizing, providing the relay of networks. And they yep. have actually a massive ecosystem of the same providers who provide the services to 
telco companies allow you to have the yeah. installation of that on your top of your rooftop and everything else. And then you have the cello project, which is again, yeah. the, uh, the mobile, uh, you know, driven peer to peer sort yeah. of model, which allows you to be able to bring the DeFi to masses. That was their whole. And what's surprising to me is that I would, I would have expected these entities to be first to the market for mobile device access because they had the mobile first approach. And next thing you know, it's a different, like it's a layer one protocol for, with whatever the motivation may be. So I found that super, super interesting from that, from that perspective. And I think with all these modalities that are emerging, even for you, I think, uh, it gives you an entry point, whether it's an access from a device or ability for you to take whatever you're building from identity and, and ability for you to, to anchor these identities to various ecosystems and give a user a single perspective, which is I think where you're heading with this. I think it's nothing short of brilliant. So to me, I, I find your project and what, what um, SMS and Saga are doing are evolving in, in tandem. And eventually, hopefully the dots connect, that it all comes yeah, together, yeah. that I can get this device, I can suddenly log on to the Prisma, I can have identity, I can then take that to be able to piecemeal all my ability to take an asset, as you mentioned, from different universes and buy and sell and engage in these financial primitives. That, that's that's my high level thinking, I think. So yeah. Yeah, further to that point, uh, one of the <clears throat> drivers for Lucrisma was to enable people who are not going to be in the metaverse to partake in that economy and vice versa. There's going to be lots of people who are going to spend all their day with their Oculus devices and their risk contraptions in the metaverse, give them the opportunity to partake in the, uh, you know, the opportunities in the real world. And to your point, Nitin, once we... Um, zeroed in on the identity piece and we we uh, we felt uh, we could safely uh, connect the different environments or the different worlds together. This use case dawned on me, which was, you know, uh, people who are not going to put their Oculus devices and spend hours inside of the metaverse, they can still access their, their uh, mobile app right, our, our mobile app to partake in some of these opportunities that the metaverse provides, right? Because they now have this virtual portfolio, they can, you know, take loans on a parcel of land in, in whatever metaverse, they can, um, they can buy and sell crypto and all that. So they can take, they can take advantage of the opportunities that the metaverse provides and, and vice versa, right? People in the metaverse can do the same with, uh, for example, leverage their their extremely expensive parcel of land somewhere in a metaverse to take loan on a car that they're planning to buy, right? So that opens up lots of use cases where people know and understand that their 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 portfolio can be aggregated virtually and valued fairly, and then based on that aggregated value they can you know um, take loans and mortgages and, and earn passive income etc so uh, that that that's very that's incredibly powerful for for, for a customer this is incredibly powerful for, for customers it's absolutely intriguing you know the world of metaverse is is um, unpredictable to say the least and yeah. the fact that it's just will not grow in a linear fashion and it'll grow in, in an unimaginable fashion as we go forward but you very cleverly turned around and said, well, it all starts with zero knowledge proof. It all starts mm -hmm. with identifying the person and giving them a track record and giving them credibility and giving them 
loan credibility and also you're saying giving them personality most intriguing mm -hmm. and and i've i've had this experience myself um, you know, I had an accidental indulgement of, of driving a car I shouldn't have driven to decide I think I might <laughs> like to buy this car this weekend, which makes total logical sense, of course. Um, and you combine that with the fact that I had no intention of selling any digital assets um, and you arrive at your issue, Naresh. And so I remember sitting down in front of the fellow and he goes, oh, we'd like to give you a loan. I said, well, that sounds great. He said, we'd like to show you my assets. And I said, there they are on my phone. He goes, oh, <laughs> and, and, I, and he said to me, but they're all useless to us. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, zero value at all. And that, of course, is going to change. And that will change with houses too. Um, and that'll change both in the physical world and the metaverse world and this blurring in between. This is most fascinating. So Lacrisma is, um, is able to be found. So if those are listening, lacrisma.com. And uh, no doubt through there, they might be able to contact you if they wish to ask some further questions, et cetera. Uh, Naresh? I welcome all uh, communication. Uh, I'd be happy to sit down and uh, and have a chat if there is something of in mutual interest. So yeah, please feel free to reach out to me. Look, and we can speak I for hours here. You but I think we need to in, wrap absolutely. Up a bit. I hope we can see you in, in a year or two's time to continue following your progress because what you're doing is core and fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on Beyond Bitcoin and enlightening us as to your progress. Thanks yeah, for likewise, Neeraj. Near, Thanks again, and, and hopefully when you come back in a year, you can help Derek get that loan for the car that he's been wanting. <laughs> I'll be calling you. It's in my diary. <laughs> Bye for now. Thanks. Bye, Neeraj. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed our weekly conversation. If you have any questions, comments, or suggested topics, please feel free to connect with either Nitin or myself on nitin at portal.am or Derek at portal.am. Feel free to subscribe and share with like-minded friends. Stay well, inquisitive, and engaged. See you next week. Bye for now.